0: Well, hey there. Welcome to Create Yourself, a podcast designed to support people in dealing with their struggles and helping them create their best lives. I'm very honored to uh, be relaunching my podcast here with this episode. My name is Paul Nelson, the founder. Uh, This all began a few years ago. Uh, Having many struggles as a millennial, I thought I wanted to share this with others and help others deal with their problems, and that's what it's created. Put a few episodes out, and now I'm bringing it back after over a year off the air, and uh, I'm very excited because this is a very unique episode. Uh, I'm bringing in uh, one of my best friends, a gentleman named Hugh Zhang, who uh, I met in 2006 when we were both freshmen at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And uh, we both started a network marketing business back then, and um, just, just about the same time. And I was able to watch you um, put together a million dollar, multi-million dollar company um, of students Very diverse background all over the globe um, and built it very successfully to the point where he was getting paid to travel the world and speak and share his story, was making solid income, was recognized, was speaking on stages in front of thousands and thousands of people. And um, for some reason in 2018, Hugh decided to walk away from his business. And uh, I was mesmerized. I was unsure of what went down and why. And I've been wondering... And uh, since then, I've also walked away in the last few months from my own network marketing business that I built. And uh, now I found the time where I have uh, um, jumped into the nomadic lifestyle and been spending some time with Hugh and delving deep. And I got some real answers on why he left. And uh, I'm very excited to share that with all of you. And I appreciate Hugh for making the time. So if you've ever heard of network marketing or in a network marketing business, have uh, been introduced to it, considered it this is the episode to listen to and uh, it's simply sharing his experience it's not um, endorsing it it's not putting it down it's just simply here are the pros here are the cons here's what he experienced and i experienced and uh make up your own mind i hope this helps and uh, just sending love and gratitude to all of you so here you go enjoy In my best life because my favorite quote is my life is my message by Gandhi. It's a, the the best message I can give to people is living my best life. Mm-hmm. To live my life so boldly that I inspire others. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a friend, really huge shout out to my friend. Her name's Kayla Milady. She's the two time world uh, female beatbox champion,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, she just was on a a play in Broadway where she was a um, the understudy for the beatboxer position, mm-hmm. and she was awesome. And I got to see her. it was really cool, mm-hmm. and She's so humble and down to earth and she's accomplished so much. And yet she's so humble and all about education and giving back and doesn't care about the fanfare. And to her, this Broadway show was nothing because she was already doing that same stuff before. But now it's, it's to everybody else. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining to her, I was like, it, <clears throat> it is a big deal. Maybe it's not a big deal to you. But because you know being on Broadway to everybody else is a big deal, right? And by accomplishing something that big, you're, you're, empowering them unconsciously just through your actions to say, "Wow, if she can create something like that big, I can do it too." And that's because that's how I feel seeing her do that. After seeing how hard she's had to grind and how amazing she is, and to see her do that, I was like, "Holy shit, mm-hmm. I can do whatever." Mm-hmm. Same thing with seeing with the way you've been living your life. You like you're just traveling the world doing this amazing stuff. You don't need to say any words. Your life speaks for yourself. Yeah. How happy you are speaks for yourself. Mm-hmm. People are either attracted to that or they're not. Yeah. And I was. I was like, I like this life that he was creating, and I want to learn from it. And so, that's that's it. It's like that, and that's how I'm living my life now. Is to just be mm-hmm. so boldly living my life in a way that brings joy to myself, and and is unapologetically just going for what I love. Mm-hmm. That's what brought me to California. Brought me to Nevada created me living a nomad life
1: mm-hmm. so yeah I mean that's why like uh, I was not in the rush to make a podcast to talk about why I decided to leave nail marketing I thought about making a podcast for like over a year like, and you know at some point I made this podcast yeah. to talk about why I made the decision yeah. but I was in the, not in the rush to make it because like I can live my life and that shows you know a lot of people about what yeah. I'm doing what I'm trying to create. It doesn't have to be like oh, I need to like talk about right away.
0: Yeah, the ones that want to know will
1: ask, and right. they have. The yeah, <laughs> and I also want to be in the right also position to talk about it properly, you know, without having all those. Uh, you know, when you first going through that, like you know, like when like you're get, feeling just right like now, like getting
0: out of a relationship, you know, it's yeah. still raw.
1: Yeah, it's very raw, and you know, you might feel like you're dropping everything, you know, that we build up to that point. You know, for me, 12 years being in the nail marketing business, right? I feel like, oh, yeah. I dropped everything. A lot of
0: friendships. You had a lot of recognition. The people, you the business. You were a big deal. Everyone looked up to you. You get to speak on stages in front of thousands of people. Right. Making lots of money, all these friendships, and you walked away from it.
1: Right. You know, I was basically leaving at the peak of the business that I have achieved at that point. Yeah. You know, we have uh, the business that I've built, that we have built as a team, you know, collectively, there's... We've done millions of dollars in business. Yeah. We have hundreds of people in the team that, yeah. you know, attending business conferences. But I decided to drop all of that because when I realized, you know what, the good that I saw is no longer even close to the bad and some of the stuff is, like, borderline evil. And for me, it becomes, you know what, I have to make this decision to leave because it just becomes so clear to me. I mean I didn't get that right, I didn't get to that point right away it took me a couple of months to get to that point to understand, to really evaluate what I was doing and what this organization is really about it took me a couple of months to actually get to that uh, thinking understanding to make the decision and that's why you know I took off back in 2018 that's why I left, right 2018, um, that summer I took off to Europe for a couple of months to just so I can get away from the entire network marketing team and the people so I can think very clearly you know without being reinforced this mindset again and again in this business environment the people so I can think very clearly without the habit and the momentum that's coming with this uh, you know repeating doing the things that we're doing and it becomes very clear that leaving the business team is the only right choice for me it's only the right decision and here's why right
0: yeah, you use the word evil so you got to explain that a little bit more yeah I have
1: to kind of def- I definitely explain that so I mean the good thing that you and I both have seen in our marketing is that it does gave us a platform to grow as a person to learn a lot of great skills yeah you know public speaking uh, learn to really step our comfort zone to yeah you know talk to people building actual business in a lot of sense we did build a business even though we didn't get involved in the product creation you know in the yeah, you know, a lot research, of early... The
0: patents. Yeah. So.
1: Like all the stuff that coming, also very critical part of entrepreneurship. But we did get involved a lot in the sales, the networking, the team building aspects. Yeah. And, you know, balancing our budget for our business. Like all the stuff that comes in yeah. the aspect. We learn all those knowledge in the business.
0: Yeah, and leading teams as well. And, and for
1: you, you, know, you learn to literally build a business internationally, you know, from yeah. nothing in, in the Caribbean islands. And, yeah. you know, for how many people look up to you for that, right? Mm-hmm. So we've done all of those in the past, like, 12, 13 years, and you and I being now a marketing business. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely no doubt the good parts. And also the people that we met, some of the people we still love dearly. They're still very close to our hearts. Uh, some of them are still in the business. Some of them left. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for example, Elliot is probably the number one person that for both of us has impacted us so greatly because he's the one that really got us in the business. Yeah. That led us when we were just young, you know, dumb teenagers, really. Yeah, we were. And, you know, coach us um, how to build business, how to be a hard driven person. Mm-hmm. To actually, really, He actually lived the model that this organization that claimed that they are, which is empowering people right around the world and loving people he's actually that person
0: yeah
1: that really attracted I mean, us into the business in the first place anybody. right so that's one of the good things that we got from this business and from this environment you know and for many years we loved it we were the living and breathing in the business you know even though you know it was marketed as a you know we can build this part-time or we can build this at the pace that we want but for us, it was never really a part-time business. You know, we're fully dedicated, you know, to this team and to the business model. And that's why we have, we achieved quite a lot, you know, yeah. for the past decade that we've been in the business. Yeah. But then, so let me explain what I mean by why the good I saw, it doesn't even come close. You know, eventually when I saw very clearly what this organization's about, you know, the, the bad, and some other things is even borderline evil. Let me explain that. So the whole thing really, for me, um, it started really a couple of months before I left for Europe in 2018. The whole trigger, the biggest trigger for me to really think about like, you know what, I need to really consider if I need to, if I still want to stay in the business. It was because back in 2018, this person in my business team came to me. Um, he got, he got himself basically into some legal trouble that, at a point where the, uh, the immigration had to open the book and look into his case. He came to me, he said, hey, you know what, because the immigration has looked into my case, and therefore they actually look into my past. And my immigration lawyer told me that because I was actually involved in their marketing as a student, as an international student with international student visa, that this actually is illegal and it's going to make my case even more severe. It becomes even more a problem for me because of that reason. And that's the first time we actually have a legal, uh, I mean, a lawyer, an immigration lawyer to confirm with us that it is not a gray area It's actually straight up illegal for any international students to engage in our marketing business. And that basically shocked us both because for so many years, for like for over 10 years that we were in business, we always was told that it is a gray area. Oh no, no, don't worry, you know, international student can build network marketing business because, you know, in our uh, visa, it only states that we cannot work a job unless it's in campus, but they didn't say that you cannot build a business, you can still invest in stock market, you can buy real estate. You know, we we'll use the example to basically tell students why it's okay to build network marketing business as an international student because it's a gray area mm-hmm. for many, many, many years. And because of that, we actually brought in hundreds and hundreds of international students as a team, and we see this entire organization probably brought in thousands in the last 10 years. And you know, not even, I mean, for the whole organization for the 40 years, I don't even know how many international students ever got involved. Thousands. Thousands, easily, right, if not 10 thousands. So at that point, I realized, you know what, I started realizing, you know what, this is not a gray area. It's black and white. But if it's told to us that it's gray and it's not an issue. But then it is an issue because whenever the immigration start decide to look into any of uh, our team members' case, they will find out that, yes, this person has engaged in our marketing when they were in student visa and that's illegal. And they basically now have to take the risk of getting deported back to their own country. And later on, I found out that when you apply for a U.S. green card uh, residency, you have to answer this question, which is like, have you basically made income when you were students, which you are not allowed if you're not working on campus? Or when you basically apply for U.S. citizenship, there is an uh, ethnic clause, basically. They can turn down your application if, you, if they find you have some ethical issues, including lying. In federal government forms so this is not like a small matter you will follow international students for the rest of their life they stay if they decide to stay in the u.s and become a resident or citizen so i realized that at that point I realized i was lied to start day one actually because when i joined the business the first question i asked was like hey i'm a student on a visa i understand i cannot work in the u.s as a student, unless I work in campus, which I did, I for all four years in campus. You know, can I engage in the business? I remember asking this person who's also international background, and he's like, "Oh no, no, it's fine. It's a totally gray area. Like he said, hey, look, champ. Like everybody else, like you know, look at all those people. We are all international. We're all here. You know, we all have green cards. It's not a problem." And I was so young, obviously and don't have the money to hire a lawyer. and didn't even think about that because, you know, when you're young, 19 years old, we don't think about this kind of stuff. And I remember actually three or four years after I got involved in the business, because at that point, we already brought in a lot of international students and this like, you know, standard answer of like, oh, it's a gray area, don't worry. It was not good enough for me. And I always want to like, let me get to the bottom of it. I want to actually have a, a real, you know, straight up answer for the students that were ask this question. So I should call the nail marketing corporation. I asked them, say, hey, you know, we have international student that's interested in doing this business. I want to know, can they actually build nail marketing businesses with international student visa? And the corporate customer representative gave me a straight up no answer. She said, no, you cannot. You know, if you're on student visa, you should not be you know, engaging in the business. I was really confused. Like, uh, they just told me no. So I called up this person again, who was, you know, considered my mentor at that point. He's like, "Oh yeah, don't worry about, you know, this company. They have to say no because they don't want to be legally liable. You know, because it's a gray area. So therefore, they can't say yes. They have to say no just to be safe." And again, I was, you know, dumb and naive. I believed it. I said, "Okay, well, maybe he has a point. Yeah, maybe." It is a gray area, and this company don't want to say yes and be sued for if later on they change the law to become no, right? But right now, it's a gray area. It's okay. So that's always been what we tell ourselves and tell the people that were brought in, like, oh, it's a gray area. Don't worry. It's fine. And in a lot of ways, it's easy to believe that because none of the people that we knew have ever run into the issue, right? So we believe that for many, many years, last 10, 12 years, right? until that point that this member in my team came to me and revealed to me that his immigration lawyer told him straight up, like, no, you did this back when you were students and that is going to make your case worse because that's illegal. So when you go to the court and the judge look at your case, they were like, you know what you did this when you were a student, you were making money, you know, illegally engaging in a network marketing business. There'll be one more thing that will add to your case. I mean, he actually ended up having to leave the country for his uh, original, you know, problem that he was created for himself. He had to leave the country for a couple of years before he can reapply to come back. So that was the, the whole trigger. At that point, I realized, you know what, this is not what I thought this organization was about. Because also at that point, we were going through this entire transition to like, oh, let's be more transparent. Let's become this organization that's a little bit more you know, just upfront with people about what it takes to build this company, to build this business. It's all about being, let's be more honest, more transparent. But then I realized like we're talking about being transparent, but this issue still exists and nobody has really openly addressed this.
0: Yeah, but maybe they just didn't know. So
1: yeah, I thought about, yeah, maybe they didn't know, but like it logically won't make sense in my head for 40 years that this team has been around and for tens and thousands of them have international backgrounds. There's no way or very, very low probability that I and this person that in our team, we are the first ones to find out about this. It's a very, very small percentage of possibility that will happen. And even if that's the case, that we really somehow are the first one to discover this, it also proves to me another point that these people never really care to find out if you made all those money that you claim to make, you're millionaires, you retire, you're financial free for so many years, you couldn't find one lawyer and invest like one hour to just get to the bottom of it, to know that, hey, you know what, here's a statement from immigration lawyer that we consulted to show you that it's legal, don't worry, you can do this. Also
0: gets their financial interest, so they'd rather not know. It's like a, an overweight person doesn't want to go on the scale because they don't want to know how much they weigh. You know? So
1: for me, then, yeah, exactly. For me, that was like, there's no answer they can give it to me that would make sense. So that's the point where I realized, you know what, I need to get away from all of this to rethink my decision. Do I ever want do I want to come back and still work with this team knowing this information that we basically has been told this lie for? Yeah many many years because to
0: some people that might be something little but to you that's a breach of trust and and because they weren't honest with you for years you've been registering international students and lying to them
1: basically and, and, and i've been them helping them on their behalf basically and you didn't know and i didn't know that i've been helping so them to on to you their it's behalf. a really big
0: deal because some people might be running a network marketing business not work
1: with any international students so they might have you know to them they're like what's the big deal Right, exactly. So for some other team people, maybe they don't really have any international student team, they can say, yeah, we just don't know and we don't have any people. So they can have a reason to not really care about this. But for the people that we work very closely, that's not the case.
0: Yeah, They
1: have a high percentage. For some of them, majority their growth was because they have built this business team all over campuses. Remember those days when we literally build organization revolving around campuses. I mean yeah. And many of them are international students getting involved. Yeah. A high percentage, right? So that's why I need to why I realized I need to get away from this for a couple of months just to clear my head and really reevaluate this business and this team from very clear mindset. And it came to me that after I come back, after a couple of months to just like get away and travel and just have a very clear head after I come back, now here's when the second confirmation come in. I came back to Chicago. I don't have any reason to live in Chicago anymore. So even without all the things that happened later, I want to tell you right now, I knew that, you know what, this is probably the end for me. I'm no longer going to be okay with burning people into this organization. I no longer feel good about that.
0: Because, because I know
1: the bad that I saw, this, even this one thing, so the one scenario is already enough. Yeah. I have all the other reasons too that I thought about this entire trip that's like the, some of the business practices I don't agree at all. Because to some people who
0: maybe don't understand what you're talking about, that it creates a better picture that if, if somebody's willing to lie to you for this many years about something, then it paints a bigger picture of a lack of integrity.
1: Yeah, basically. And they can maybe justify it's like, oh, you know, he like the ends None of us the means. none of us got caught because, you know, we can you know say whatever we want in the form and nobody actually opened the case and look into it. But the, the issue is that that's not your decision to make. That's yeah. my decision to make. It should be I will give you all the facts and you decide you know what risk you take and what you want to do. But that was never the case. Mm. They decided for us that it's okay yeah. as long as you're okay with not reviewing all the facts. but that's not a decision to make.
0: Yeah.
1: And for a lot of people, maybe they don't want to ever lie. In any scenarios, I got it. It's right now we're forced into this situation now that we're in a very very bad position. Misleading people is what you're saying, yeah. Exactly. If we do not lie about the scenario, that means we're posting ourselves in a high risk of getting basically deported. And some people they have to lie in the forms, right? So I came back. I knew uh, that I'm basically gonna be leaving this business no matter what. I moved to California, and I reconnected with this two uh, this couple that left the business team maybe five six years ago that you also know this couple you know very lovely people they left because they have some personal issue with some people in the business that they said you know what they don't want to be around these people they left but we always stay in good terms because i know they're good people mm-hmm. i was never the kind of person that like oh they left the business so like i would never talk to them again even though that was kind of the norm in this organization you know yeah. when you leave the business when someone leave the business Everybody in the business team Suddenly now they have to take a side yep. Either they side with the business team And never talk to these people again You know Or if they talk to these people That left the business They'll be looking at very weird Like oh why would you ever talk to this person it's When like they really unspoken left the business agreement Yeah That's like very deep in the culture Right Yep it's not like you know written anywhere, but yeah. everybody knows that's the way how it runs. Because
0: this person's branded as a quitter or whatever. Yeah.
1: Immediately, somebody left. They'll be branded as a quitter, as loser. They can't handle the heat, or they have their personal mess, their personal life messed up, so they couldn't do the business. There's always a way how it's branded. It was never like, yeah. hey, let's reflect and look at how we can change and be better, so we can keep more good people in the business. It was never that case. But I never, I was never really okay with that because I don't think that's how we should deal with people at all Yeah. so I was kept in good terms with these people who left uh, I know they're good people but they have the reason why they need to leave and I understand that I have empathy for them so I moved to California we connected right away they were like oh my god here you're here let's get together have uh, lunch and let's chat mm. I met up with them and was very happy to see them they, uh, they got a baby expecting a couple of, that was uh, at that point I think uh, she was like six or seven months pregnant right very happy to see them and as we were chatting the wife she revealed to me another fact that solidified my decision she told me that when she decided to leave the business and move to california to start her work one of our businessmen flew down to visit her you know thinking that maybe she can still convince this friend of ours to stay in the business right they had the chat and then basically she told our one of our, you know, business mentor, like, Hey, you know, because she was uh, working as a accountant in California and she already started her uh, basic green card process. And again, she found a lawyer to do the paperwork for her and her immigration lawyer told him like, look, you were engaged in email marketing when you were a student and that's an issue for your green card because that's illegal, basically straight up, like, you know, you can't do that. So she told this, this story and then she told this, um, her situation, you know, to this, uh, business mentor of ours. Like, Hey, look, like, uh, I'm not sure if you know, but it is illegal actually for us to engage in the business. Like we actually now have to deal with this because I'm applying for green card. And my lawyer told me that, no, it's actually illegal. You're going to have to basically figure out a way to deal with this now. And that was actually five to six years ago, almost seven years ago, I think. And then this mentor of ours flew back, and she didn't say anything to any of us. Even though she knew, but she basically deemed this as, oh, this is not important, or this is not worthwhile sharing, or this shouldn't be shared with the rest of the national business team members. Mm-hmm. And she basically hid it from all of us. I only find out because I happened to meet up with them, and she told me, like, hey, Hugh, do you know, like, I told this person years ago that it was illegal? And I was like, I did not know. I just found out like a couple months ago. Mm. This is the second confirmation. And then there's a third confirmation. So after that, like, I knew, like, this is out of control. It's like at that point, I knew at some point I have to make a podcast to review this information because I knew if I don't speak up, very likelihood there will be another hundreds or potentially thousands of national students will get involved in their marketing, never knowing that they're putting themselves in a very, very risky situation. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Not for me, even though I think it would be healthy for me to talk about this, to have a closure of why I left something that I built 12 years, putting the heart and sweat for this. Yeah. I mean, definitely it would be good for me to have a closure for this, but now it becomes my responsibility to get the information out. Yeah. I still have to do this. And this is the second time it was revealed. So after that, I really decided you know what I'm I'm gone. I no way there's no way that I'm going to stay in this organization and continue to you know be promoting this organization and this culture. So I call you know our business to say, "Hey, look, I'm I'm leaving and here's the reason. Because I found out on two separate cases from uh, immigration lawyers that very straight up that no it is illegal. It has always been illegal for international students to engage in our marketing. And you need to know that because it affects all of us. Part of me was hoping that now I told him maybe he would actually actually give information to the rest of the team. Partially hoping that maybe he would do the right thing. you know, Maybe he would. That maybe I don't need to make the podcast. I was hoping that was the case. And I left. I didn't really talk to a whole lot of people. I talked to you when you came down to visit I talked to a couple of people in our business team that, you know, work very closely to me. Say, hey, I'm leaving. If you want to know, I'll be happy to tell you why. But if you don't want to, I'm not going to be forcing my, you know, my stuff onto you. Because, again, there's was always a norm. As soon as you decide to leave, people like becomes like, oh, they don't want to get around the negativity, quote unquote, right? Yeah. That you have. So basically for about a year, I didn't really talk to that many people. Maybe only a few people that... Like they are my real friends. They actually care, like, hey, Hugh, you know? Hey, how's it going? What's going on with your life? They used to talk to us, right? Yeah. And then, so here's when I realized that our business mentor did not reveal this information to anybody because just about, I think, about two or three months ago, three or four months ago, I got a call from this guy that I haven't talked to in a while that's in the business team, right? And he called me out of nowhere. He's like, hey, Hugh. Uh, can you talk, he messaged me, he said, hey, you, can you chat, actually, this is uh, kind of urgent. I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I'm, I'm always going to talk to anybody, right, he said, yeah, sure. He basically called me, he said, hey, you know what, uh, we're, go through our, we're going through our green card process, and our immigration lawyer denied to work with us, because he realized that we had been building a marketing business when we were in our student visa. He just basically turned us down, that he wouldn't work with us. And he's like, Hugh, uh, what do I do? And that's when I realized, you know what? Still, this this guy that called me was one of like, the biggest leader in our business team. And he still didn't know, and our manager did not tell him. I actually tried to tell him like a year ago. I actually gave him a call. I said, hey, man. You know, I mean, I, at that point, I already told him that I'm leaving. But I still want to give him a call because I saw him as a friend. I said, hey, you know, just want to give you a call, see how you're doing. I think at that point, he was like... Uh, uh, in some kind of event, like at a, like a dinner or something like that, he say, hey man, could have hear, but you know I'm at this event right now. Maybe we can try another time. I like, yeah sure, man, let's try another time. But then uh, we never connected again, for like a year, you know. And uh, I don't want to push this. It. It's like, hey, you know, maybe he just doesn't really want to talk about this, right? And it's okay with me. It's not a big deal. But then I always want to tell him about this information because it impacts them and a lot of people in their business. So he called me uh, three months late. I mean three months ago. Telling me that like now they have to deal with this because they just realize that you know this can of worms is being open for them now. And again, nobody knew. So it again reconfirms my understanding of this organization that we've been part of is not what it claims to be so- about helping people about empowering people which was what drawn you and I into the business in the first place because we want to use this as a vehicle. Sure, we'll make money. Sure, we'll become successful. But our motivation has always been to help people. We do see it as a way to help people to make some money on the side. You know, it doesn't have to be like rich, but I think, you know, we believe that making two, three, dollars, of money, two, three dollars a month on the side can help a lot of people, yeah. release a lot of stress, right? That has always been our goal. But then at that point, I realized that this team and this culture is in its core. It's not about really helping people. It's about whatever creates the most amount of money. That's actually the core of the business. And everything started making sense. The kind of things that, from the business perspective, that was being done, it always did not make sense to me. But it has been done that way. You know, in business practice, for example, right? It has a very strong, you know, culture of, uh, promoting fake it until you make it mentality, right? It's always been taught like, oh, you know, you know, fake it till you make it. Like, you know, you put on this image about, you know, you are learning how to become an entrepreneur. You're like on your way to become financial free. How successful so you are, you're promoting your mentor, this this figure that this figure, this person that have everything figured out, that they're gonna lead so many people become successful and create this amazing lifestyle. You know this is, it's become so fake that you know everybody is doing that, but it's not even true for a lot of cases like how many times have the income been presented or like basically portrayed in a way like all these people that will come up to share and they've been basically you know promoted as leader they're making all the income, but in fact that we know they don't even barely make close that kind of income, yeah. Like this mentor of us that retired and then, you know, quit her job and made this audio basically portraying herself as this business leader that make, you know basically she's like letting people believe that she's making all this money, six figures at least, residual income from the business and she's able to walk away. But in reality for us who watched very closely we knew that she was able to walk away because her spouse makes a great engineering income. And her residual that she built from the business was maybe about like forty, fifty K top I don't think her income was more than 70k coming from our marketing business if we don't count the income that's coming from selling that training system right yeah. and it was never really disclosed openly how much income was actually generated from training systems from selling the tools conference tickets audios uh, this app this is like one of the biggest like ridiculous thing that I've ever seen being done in business in 2018 they roll out this app, is basically a, you know, a ripoff of uh, WhatsApp, basically that allow people to send messages, voice notes, videos that cost a couple hundred bucks a year subscription. I remember that just blew my mind. We have a free version called WhatsApp and many, many other ones you use for free. There's encrypted, great products. But somehow the organization decided, you know, we need every single person that quote unquote serious in business, Need to subscribe to this uh, messaging app that costs a couple hundred bucks a year yep. and when I questioned this to our business manager they're like oh yeah, yeah you know we make money from it let's promote it that was literally the, like the reason behind it like why people should get on it because we make money it becomes so clear to me that like greed was running very high priority in this organization but not really looking out for the people it becomes very ironic because yeah. we're talking about, like, oh, you know, all this mentor, their goal is to train you how to manage your finance better, how to make more money. But then, once you get involved, the first thing they promote to you like, yeah, you need to buy into this training program that costs you a couple hundred bucks to just get a website and then get an app that allows you to send messages. And that costs a couple hundred bucks a year.
0: Yeah. It adds up between all the events and the conferences and traveling and. All the
1: educational materials. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of dollars a year. So it becomes so clear to me that no, this is actually not the true nature of the the values they actually promote. They value money a lot more than actually doing (coughs) what's good for the people in the business. And for me, once I realize that, once see clearly what this is about, it becomes very simple decision to make because there's no amount of money I can make in the business. Even though I make great money at that point, if I continue to build a business, I'll make serious money that, yeah, I can basically not have a job ever. But the thing is that there's no amount of money can justify me doing this to people. I just, I just can't do it. And that's why I told the business mentor when I left, like, you know what? I do not feel good about bringing people into this business anymore because the things I'm seeing. Because it does not align with the value that I have.
0: And what was I would not response? be able to
1: do that. And he's he just say like, Oh yeah, he he's like he's well, he complimented me. He's like, Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm glad that you have like, you know, you're sticking to your moral, to your like value. But he's like, Oh, you know, I see more good than bad. That's his point of view. And I disagree with that. I do not see more good and bad in this in you know, the last couple of years. Or I see what come down. And how much of just like the fakeness being presented, and how much they just over they just want to prioritize making money than actually caring for the people in the business. When people left the business team, how they were dealt with, I was not okay with that. You know, it took me a long time to understand when Elliot was left, when he was kicked out of the business, who mentored us and done so much in leading the people, how he was handled. It, it just does not make sense for me because there's no other organization, if you think about any. For so many years we talk about how corporate America is this like shitty place, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Where they like, you know, they put you in in the system and then they like, you know
0: They don't care about they you. They don't care
1: about you and they push you out when there's no more value and they don't care about people and why we're different, right? For How long that's like the one of our talking points that we're so different, we care about people. Yeah. But when it actually comes to people leaving the business team, if it's not like, hey, you know, I know that you're leaving but, you know, to let you know that we still care and love of you and here support you if you need to talk let us know come visit us hey let's chat you know how can we do better you know there's none of those it was like oh if you're leaving great we'll never talk to you again and that's it and don't pass negativity to the business and just quietly go away yeah that was basically the norm and I'm actually regretting that I bought into that and done that to a couple people I think myself without even realizing that was like I usually have that kind of like Affected me how I deal with people.
0: Yeah, and if it can be d- done to somebody like Elliot who was such a lover and a giver and a server of people to just be to feel like really he was kicked when he was down He was struggling. He was down. He was falling apart And they didn't do anything about it until he broke a rule and then they just kicked him out and said don't talk to him and You know a few years later. He took his own life and it was very hard to See that
1: play out that's why I think we need to make the podcast. That's why I want to make a podcast because I think it's important that people need to know some of the information that now that I came to realize. And I think people need to make their own decisions. I think for a lot of people, maybe they don't have international student business. They can run the business the way that's very clean and honest and it's great. I think there's still a lot of value for people to build a business like this to create the actual income. And you know to do what they got to do. But for people who are seeing some funny stuff, or start recognizing some you know, issue with integrity, or people misleading, or just not being genuine, yeah. or they are basically telling the national student that it's okay to build a business, they need to know this information because I'm not okay with just walk away and not at least review that information to people. Yeah, to stand up and question, hey, that's
0: not okay, or why are things being done this way, or I'm not okay with things being done this way and not treating their business mentors as if they're revered. Their word is, you know, gold. So you're not afraid to put this information out there and uh, speak about, speak out about this?
1: No, I... Well, the thing is that I don't want to basically... It's not targeting any specific person. I want to that's why I don't really mention any names there because I don't think in a way I don't think that's why also I chose to leave but now instead of trying to like actually you know really sit on to like to have all this conversation with every single person because I think very deep down a lot of people in the business team it's not like they're consciously choosing to do this stuff to try to like mislead or try to you know Lie to people in a sense. I think it's actually you getting involved in the system and it's slowly shifting you, shifting you to become like this because faking it is kind of the norm in organization. You kind of expect it to do that because remember, in our business, when you hit a certain level in the business, you're paraded as the person at that level forever, basically. Yeah. Right. It was never being like genuinely like, hey, you know what? This year you qualify, for example, emerald level. We are glad for you, we we'll clap for you. And next year you're back down to let's say three levels down to platinum, and now you only make let's say thirty k thirty k in business, and we'll also basically now talk about you as a person that as a platinum level.
0: Doesn't it was never like that. that. No.
1: It was like you qualify emerald it Doesn't matter how you get there, or how far your business fall behind how many the next you year. Burn? you always be parade as Emerald Forever and you always be put on the pedestal and the leadership position to be basically promoted as a person. So I think in a, in a way, the system kind of created this culture where it's pushing you to become like that.
0: Mm.
1: It's pushing you to be like, oh, you know, you now have to kind of fake it up because everybody talk about you as if you are still at that business level and you're supposed to lead and now you're to, supposed to share and talk about you and your lifestyle and your achievement as if you're still there, mm-hmm. even though you are now very far from it. So in a way, I want to put this information on because it's not about like actually, you know, this one person did this or this person did that. It's not like that. It's more of like culturally, it's actually very deep in mm-hmm. its core. Mm-hmm. Where I, th- I think a lot of people we just talk about, I think they are also in a way, they are, put, they are also putting that position. Yeah. To basically to be forced to like actually become part of it, of this like this gigantic system that's you know consistently doing the stuff that we just talked about.
0: And then eventually they're so far in where they leave their job, and they just they're stuck. They see things that they don't agree with that aren't okay, but they're stuck because if they do anything about it, they're going to go back to having a job.
1: Yeah, that could be a reason, and it is very hard to turn this ship around when. Because the thing about is how do you, you know, um, how do you deal with a situation where it's been decades, being this way, being yeah. broken for decades, and you got involved without even knowing that like this has actually been this way? Mm-hmm. For like for example, the whole international student situation. There's no good answer to this. There's no solution to this actually. Like what can you actually do? You cannot fix this. It's not something that you can actually fix. Yeah, It's being done. The damage has been done. The harm's already there. All of us that basically have this now hanging above our head, there's nothing they can actually do to fix it. But all I can see that I can do is simply put the truth out. That's all I can really do. I can't really fix it for anybody. But at least one I, I know I can do or I have to do is at least these people need to know what's real and what's the facts. And they can choose what they want to do next. But I guess for people who want to continue to grow and be prosperous and continue to have all the respect and have all the credibility in the business, I guess it's very hard for them to choose now to tell the truth, is it? If they choose to tell the truth, that means that now they're destroying their own credibility.
0: And their own income.
1: Sure. Any other reasons you left? I just, at the end of it, I just found that entire thing to be just very morally and intellectually repulsive i mean the moral aspect we talk about you know i just don't feel good about misleading people if i know what's real and what's a fact or like trying to put out this like fake image of uh, how successful i am and how awesome i am how i got my whole life figured out and let me coach you because that's not true nobody have their life figured out this whole thing about like oh now This image they put together like, oh, I'm this uber successful, independent business coach and mentor that's like financially free. I got my whole life figured out. Now let me mentor you. I think this whole thing is not accurate. Because I think the more now I realize about life is nobody had the life figured out in their 20s and 30s. Are you kidding me? Everybody had their own problems to deal with. Nobody's in the position to be like, oh, let me coach you in all aspects. Especially when they have so much of the self-interest in getting people to buy into the training program, which is cost, what, a couple hundred bucks a month? And that's how they make money, right? Yeah. I mean, at least a big part of it is how to make money is by selling a training program. And I don't see a ton of value, to be honest. Just like I don't see a ton of value in the training program. The books that we read, that's promoted, yes, there's some good books. But after a while, some of the books just like, it literally, I would not read. It's just like it's just bad written books, it's just same, repeating itself, right? Same information over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's like some maybe some sales guy that make hundred grand. Now he wrote a book, right? You know, and we will sell it because yeah, it, it makes money, right? We don't really care about like the quality of the book. Like I would not waste my time to read some of the books nowadays, right? Yeah. So just some of the things I see, just like yeah, it's morally intellectually repulsive. You know, it's like this fake image you're trying to put on. No, I'm not okay with that. I cannot see myself continue doing this. And how, and act like this is the only option out there to live amazing life. I don't even agree with that, you know, because for, you know, the the culture, the business, like, you know, it's like promoting the network marketing business and the training system is like, this is like the best thing you can do, you can get, you know, since a slice of bread, this is like the best thing you can get, right? <laughs> this is just not true like you and I know that like the amazing thing about the world that we live in today about what the things that we have access to now and the things we can do with technology and with with what's capable we' capable now with all the stuff that's happening like podcasts YouTube all the things people have a ton of options to be genuine to be exploring what they are good at and what they love and become very successful doing that they don't have to make a million dollars to be happy. They don't have to make a hundred grand to be happy. They can just do what they like and they enjoy, and create you know a life that they want without being involved in our marketing business. Yeah, this is definitely not the only option. And happiness is so much more than money. Yeah, so I don't really like the way how this is being done now, and just a lot of things being taught in our know, marketing. It just no, I I didn't I do not agree at all. So what has life been like on the other side, since walking away and... <laughs> it's been quite amazing. Um, I mean, as you already know, I spent uh, almost three months traveling in 2018. I hit about 10 countries in Europe and in Japan and in Asia, China. I was all over the world because that's what I love to do. Is I want to travel, I want to be around people and experience what life is like, living in all different places. You know, I was in... I spent a lot of my family, which is fantastic. I spent so much time with my family in Europe, in the Netherlands. Spent more time than I ever did with my grandparents. Um, and then last year... I mean, I, I mean, ever after the since I went to Europe, I came back and I've been traveling nonstop. I was in uh, Cambodia last year. And uh, I was in Japan like two or three times. I've been to like... France now I've been to France like seven times I've been to Paris like seven or eight times now and it's been amazing and realize, realized see what here's what I realized you don't have to be a freaking multi-millionaire to do all this stuff you don't if you actually really know like how much it actually costs it's not that much you can have a normal job income and do all this stuff but you just have to be willing to step outside your comfort zone and actually go pursue the things that you dream about and you realize no, like there's like literally the the universe will work its way to help you to achieve your goals if you just put your heart into it. Like when I was traveling Europe, like honestly, I mean the way how I travel now is that I only plan about a week ahead. That means I go to a place. I go to I go to Paris for the World Cup finals, twenty eighteen, which was freaking amazing. So the best place to watch the World Cup was in Paris when they were in the finals. I was in Paris for a week. And then when I was in Paris, I planned on my next week, which was basically taking a, a share ride down to southern France, to Avignon and to Maasai And on the way there, I was uh, on a ride with this guy who uh, basically did this uh, it's like an app called blah blah car, they basically allow you to car share for long distance, right? On the way down there, he was the one that basically uh drive me from Paris to Lyon, which is like the food capital of France. And we just had a really great conversation for like four or five hours straight. He's like, he's like yeah, this he's like, yeah, Hugh, I really enjoyed talking to you. Like, where do you go next after uh, you know, I dropped you off in Lyon? I was like, yeah, I was going to Ansi, which is the Switzerland border, and then go to um, basically uh, Switzerland, to Geneva, to check out Switzerland, and then go check out the French Alps and spend a week there. And now go to uh, Southern France, to so Avignon and Massan. He's like, oh, I live in Avignon. Well, not far from it. He's like, where do you stay? I'm like, oh, I'm staying in like this Airbnb I just booked. He's like, oh, no, 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 cancel that. Come stay with me. So I actually went down there. He <laughs> picked me up at this wine shop. I actually bought a bunch of wine for him as a gift, of course. And him and his wife and his kids uh, took me all around Southern France for like a week and a half. I stayed his guest home in this rural area by all the vineyards in Southern France, which is freaking beautiful. And he basically took me out every single day, drive me around southern France, show me around and cook for me wow. for the entire week. Wow, for free. I mean, yeah, I gave him like, I bought him like two full case of wine <laughs> to thank him. But now he doesn't want any conversation because he just enjoy We just like chat and ju- we just drink wine every day, awesome. lunch and dinner. <laughs> and we just chat at night, like we're chatting right now just like sit outside. He had this like really nicely decorated like uh, backyard. We just like chat about life. He want to hear about my perspective as somebody that living, spent half my life in China, half of my life in America. He said he want to know my perspective about, you know, life and some stuff of what I think about. And we just have a conversation every single night, drinking and have a lot of fun. Mm. And there's only one week out of the three months I did. You just meet people like I didn't plan any of this stuff. I just kept an open mind. I just I just know that I love traveling, learning new culture. Learning people's life and things like they just happen. Uh, another example: on my after I finished with uh, southern France, I was going from uh, um, Nice to my trip, starting my trip to Italy to Milan. Right again, I was in this car share right, with this uh, French couple, and then there's another guy on the backseat with me. This guy uh, uh, grew up in uh, Milan, I think he was working in uh, he was working with traveling friends. So we ended up in the same car, ride right, from uh, Nice to Milan for like a couple hours. And we just hit it off. We just have a great chat. He told me about his story about how his dad grew up in, like, in the, uh, on the beach of uh, Italy, which, I mean, the whole country is like, uh, you know, sea uh, coast, right? And we just hit it off. He's like, Hugh, like, where are you going after Milan? He's like, oh, I'm planning to go spend a couple of days in Milan and go down to Rome and then go down to uh, uh, Naples and go to uh, see Pompeii. He said, No no no, don't go to Rome right now. He's like, nobody's in Rome. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, this is May August. All the Italians in Rome or the Romans are gone. They're all on vacation. Apparently Italians, they all took off their vacations in August. When I was like pouring to Italy to travel, they're also traveling. So literally no restaurants open. Mm. Everything is closed. Every restaurant that I want to go to in Rome is closed. Every one of them is closed. He said, No, no, don't go to Rome at the time. He said, You know what? Me and my friend Uh, His name is Oliver. He's like, me and my friend uh, Diego, we're going down to southern Italy. We're going to take a car ride down the coast to the bottom uh, of Italy. And we're going to go attend a music festival. He said, you know, Hugh, you should come with us. I was like, heck yeah. I'll cancel my Airbnb. I'll go with you. So I spent a week in Milan. And then uh, I took a train down to, uh, uh, it was uh, Soleno, which is like the starting point of uh, southern Italy of Amalfi Coast. We meet out there, we grab dinner, met his friend Diego, and three of us, we pack everything in his Jeep, and we drove down the coast, all the way down to this little tiny town in the bottom of of Italy's fish village. We just stop by every small fish village and eat genuine Italian food. This restaurant doesn't even have a menu. We would sit down, and he would speak some Italian, order a bunch of fish, and we just eat it. And Italian food is so freaking amazing. I love Italian food. It's like the best. It's like the best and uh, we just spent a week together driving down in the coastline of Italy. Uh, We camped down by the beach where the music festival is. We camped literally about one minute walk to the beach in the woods and we basically go hang on the beach every single day for like three four days in a row and at night we'll go to the music concerts and that was a blast and none of this was planned and I met so many people on these trips. And then went to Japan after Europe and see my family and then came back and went to Hawaii twice last year. And none of this costs a lot of money. It doesn't. Yeah, I mean it costs some money. But it's not like you have to be like a freaking like millionaire or anything to do that. You just have to Because like I don't really need to stay in a five star hotel. That's not my purpose. Yeah. I don't I don't need to eat a five course meal, that's not my purpose. I just stay in like an average Airbnb, you know, nice place because partially for me like I want to actually experience like real living in the cities what's better than living in somebody's home that should live there yeah you know let me experience culture right it doesn't cost a ton of money like I can't just do that without any business income I can just do that with my job income right yeah and the, see the thing is that like my life perspective now is that go do what makes you happy deep down that you want to do and is not like yeah, delay gratification has a lot of value. I agree with that for sure, hundred percent. But there is a balance there. And yeah, you should delay some stuff. Like there's a good, you know, principle in general, right? But it's not like delay your dream forever until like you get to X, Y, and Z. Then you go, you know, start living your dream life. It's, no, it's like certain things you can do without have to be like, you know, like starve yourself. You know, like not like a physically, but mentally starve yourself, and then go to achieve something. No, you can't actually go live the way that you want. You just take some courage to do something like this, and just take some, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. You know, yeah, maybe maybe not comfortable for a lot of people, but for me, it was like that was like so. I mean, it doesn't really take much for me because I know exactly what I want to do already. It was just so simple for me because I just, see when you're doing things that you really love, it's not much work at all. It doesn't seem hard at all. No. it might seem hard for a lot of people for me it's like it doesn't seem yeah. hard at all it just comes so yeah. naturally to me because I'm doing that
0: even your job you like your job
1: yeah like you can do something that you really like as a job totally possible right this whole philosophy of like oh you know job sucks you know quit your job and be financially free that's always been the norm right this kind of a philosophy that's pushing in our marketing business because that's what it wants you to do is build your business right but that's also not true in my view you can have a really good relationship with the people that you work with in your job and a good relationship with your work. Mm-hmm. And you should do it well, too. Mm-hmm. I remember this, uh, this is actually another thing, is that there is a, I just remember this being taught by so many people that they would basically, like, they would laugh about, like, how they slack off in their work and, like, how little they do for their work, how they leave early and basically got paid and they, all they build their business at work and they like they pride themselves for doing that and it was like something that they laugh and talk about like oh yeah like you know I was building my business and my work and how little I put into my work it always feels very weird to me because like if somebody pay me to be there and do their work I'll make sure I do it well how I do one
0: thing is how I do everything
1: yeah so there's many things that I just don't know I think about very clearly I totally do not agree with what they teach and I realize that the reason why I teach all the stuff because it benefits business you know it makes you to like focus and just build your business don't balance out your life don't worry about like you know your life's not on balance or you're not like accelerating in your school you're not doing super well in your job or you're not like taking care of all your relationship with your relatives and family don't worry about that just focus on your business and solve everything down the road this mentality i think is very dangerous actually remember that you gotta understand for see here's the thing for many many people in the network network marketing business For many, many people, they will never retire. They'll never have financial freedom just because the business income is numbers. Maybe about, I don't know, I don't even know percentage. Maybe like five, maybe 10%. If we were very generous people, maybe they worked this business for like 10, 20 years, maybe they'll get to a point they can actually become financially independent to the business. Just look at the people that we ever know, right? How many people now does actually... You know retire now quit a job because of business income that we know how many we've been involved like, what 12 years 13 years now how many people do you know what two couple three people yeah a handful. three human beings right four maybe five that's out of what thousands and thousands we see now so like this cannot be a generic advice device for everyone they're like oh delay everything don't worry about life not being balanced don't worry about all this stuff just build your business that cannot be the general advice for everyone.
0: Don't worry about being happy. You'll be happy when you get free. So I, I yeah. realize now, if I'm not happy- If you're now, not happy right now, you never figure out how to be happy. And I'll never be happy m- when I make a money or hit a certain level in business. And I feel like that's a mentality that's taught is, go hit that level in business, go make that income, you'll, and then you can be happy, and then you'll be happy. And so I gave up all, like, just like you're talking about, I gave up the things that I was, I made me happy, and so I was really
1: unhappy and thinking oh i have to hit that level in yeah. order to be happy and the things that the people that were supposed to coach you they never really actually come close to call you out and say hey paul you need to fix this other areas of your life and be happy instead of, instead of like just like doing the motions and building your business yeah nobody really tell you that yeah. because they never really got that close to kind of actually help you analyze or give you that advice because like the nature is like you can you cannot mentor that many people physically. It's just not possible. Yeah. You cannot get to know every single person that well to give that good, awful advice. you just not really built into you know, this business model. So it's not really correct to say that, yeah, we're going to mentor all these people. We're going to give them all this advice. It's just not there. You have to figure out yourself how to be happy now. Not like when I'm rich or when I'm financial free. No, you need to be happy now. You need yeah. to figure out how to find your happiness inside, not for like the outwards for other people it's a self-discovery process that's why like both you and me a lot of people that I know got into meditation and yoga because those exercises I mean actually I started meditating uh, when I was in Europe when I was traveling my first time meditating was when I was traveling in Europe a friend of mine reached out to me somehow he sensed that I was like struggling in a way mentally he reached out and said Hugh you know what I felt like you are going through some stuff and then we chatted and he basically recommended, you know what, you should really take on meditation. And I did. And he helped me realize a lot of answers that we seek is not coming from like mentors or coming from people who seem authoritative, telling you what is success and what is happiness or how you should live your, uh, how you should live your life or what to be excited about or what to be outrageous about. It's not about seeking those answers from the outside is actually looking inwards and understanding yourself of everything about yourself, your desires, your happiness, what makes you happy, what makes you excited, what makes you feel passionate, what makes you feel sad. It's like going inside and discover all those things. It's not from somebody else telling you those. You know, for us, a lot of times what I see is that people looking for those answers in our network marketing business, they look for those answers from an authoritative figure. They're afraid or they don't want to think for themselves. They want to feel like they're being protected, and you know, because in a way, it is easier to choose that route to have somebody else give you answers, to feed you those answers, to to give you, you know, the answer to what to be, what is happening, or what is success, you know, what is I like, consider to be accomplished, you know, what is considered a good lifestyle. I don't think there's a, there's no answer to those questions because every single person have a different answer for themselves. Mm. You know, this is why I'm very, very now cautious when somebody seems authoritative trying to tell people, you know, how to live or how to define success or what is good or what people should pursue and what they should be outrageous about. I'm very cautious now to people who are saying those stuff because nobody should be defining this for other people. People to define it for themselves. And that's the issue of you know, I see in the nail marketing where they have this stage, they promoted all the people who are on the stage to be the mentors and leaders. And they're trying to push out this narrative, like, Oh, here's what success looks like. And here's what success should be. And here's what you should do to achieve success. But no, your definition of success is not going to apply to every single person. What we really should be teaching people and encouraging people is critical thinking It's reflective is going inside and ask yourself tough questions to really go deep and ask yourself those really tough questions like why am I unhappy why am I eating unhealthy when I'm why not why am I express like experience so much stress you know why why am I like just not feeling motivated to go to work you know why I'm not motivated to build my business you know all those questions like should be encouraged to look inwards and find answers to yourself A lot of those have to do with how we grew up with our baggages or our environments, what we learn, right? There's no easy way to actually address those things, but go through a tough, rough process like self-reflection. Looking for the answer from an authoritative figure is actually an easy way out and it's very dangerous because that means you never really get an answer for yourself. Yep.
0: So knowing what you know now, is it hard looking back and seeing like thinking
1: wow this is how i used to think oh yeah i mean we i thought i was an idiot a couple years ago right and that's like how we always this is how humans are though like when we look back you know not even like that long like just a couple years ago we look at like ourselves like you know a year ago two years ago like oh my god the the dumb things that we did right Uh it happens every stage i'm sure like a couple years ago i mean a couple years from now i'll look back today it's like oh wow like you know that's a problem or that is yeah, not correct. I <laughs> you know, I'm, we're always going to be correcting ourselves and you know look for ways to improve yeah. and be better. But in this instance, it was a huge shift. Absolutely. For I mean, in this scenario, that's like one big pivot in life, and I'm very glad that I made that decision because, for me, it's definitely helped me correct and start understanding what is true and what is real and what is actually good for me personally. You know, we're not doing this to like actually tell people what to do. We're talking about like our story, yeah. our path, and what help us to be in a position right now or in a path where we find happiness, where we feel really, really good, and we are actually feeling really prosperous. That we actually like, you know, I actually like. There's not much regrets now. I'm thinking about like actually the way how I live. There's not much regrets I can have now. Yeah, it's a
0: tough shift what you made though. I mean, you gave up.
1: Like yeah, said, twelve years of a.
0: I mean, twelve years. This was all you were gonna do. You sure burned some bridges. You, you know, you did a lot of things and worked very. You put so much blood, sweat, and tears. Gave up sleep. You know, invested so much time and money, and you know, built your dreams around. This is what I'm gonna accomplish, and then let it all go.
1: Yeah, I think the the toughest part of leaving the business team was the people, I think. That's probably the toughest part. I think like money is like whatever. It's not a big deal. Business, that's fine. You know, I have a lot of time to create income. And again, income is not that important anymore. If you understand how to live happily, money becomes such a low, yeah. low, important thing because you and I can be very happy sitting right now in Nevada, nowhere. Yeah. It doesn't cost much money, right? We can be very happy.
0: I heard recently wealth is much more than just money. Like that's Absolutely. just one aspect of wealth.
1: Yeah. I think the tough part for me to drop to give everything that we built, I built for 12 years, was the relationships, right? Because I have a lot of great friends, people that, you know, that we care about, that I care about. Leaving the business, I know that because that w- leaving the business team means that I'm actually going to be saying, basically, you know, bye to a lot of these people. Because again, you know, I understand the culture of how they're going to act when I decide to leave. A lot of them will decide to like, oh, yeah, that means, you know, we we'll, won't we'll be talking to you again even though that, like, they might be also confused, like, oh, you know, why should I not talk to you, right? Some are probably confused, but they will probably still do that because just like how we did it a couple of times, you know, when people leave our business team, we feel like, oh, like, okay, I guess I can't talk to this person. That was the toughest part because of relationships. But also it has to be done because I understand, you know, what is true is true. You know, my, again, my values is not going to be jeopardize you know be put on a price tag no matter how much I gain from the business there's no way that I can yeah. continue to promote knowing that a lot of is just not real and basically misleading people well it's like when you said that your business mentor said you know that he still sees more good
0: than bad it's, it's almost as based on what you just said it's almost as if he's saying it's not that he sees less bad than you it's that he's he sees that making money and keeping his lifestyle is more is worth it more than all the bad does that make sense
1: well maybe they just think that like again the case of being gray they maybe they still see that as a gray like oh nobody that we knew personally actually got kicked out of the country deported because the right. uh, situation with the visa and doing a the business they might still consider it as a gray area but i don't see that as a gray area right and wrong is pretty clear whether it's yeah, for people me, I know if something's right
0: and feel if I feel good about it, do I feel good about this? No, I don't. Yeah. Not
1: getting caught is not a reason to do something. No. There are always gonna be people that they would choose to not they would not lie about. it If they want to come to a point they actually have to apply for the green card citizenship, they're like, No, I, I cannot lie about this. And they choose to do that, that means their entire application, their status in the US will be jeopardized. Yeah and that's gonna happen at some point. And I'm not gonna be around to enabling that to be happening. So it has to be done. Even though it means I have to give out everything that built to that point, and to give up a lot of relationship that I built, even that means that I am willing to swallow the results, I mean the consequence. So did you leave and go down how you thought it would go? Um, kind of, yeah, kind of how I expect it would go, because we know how the, the culture and the system works, right? So I kind of know And I also know That there will be people Like yourself That You know Don't see People As just like Commodities Commodities Or numbers Or like a a mean to an end That we see relationships Like genuine relationships We actually value Very genuine relationships So you and a couple Other people I knew Me leaving or not Would not be Hurting our relationship Because I knew There were people Who are like me That like you know, good relationships now not going to be depends on like what we choose to do with our business or our lives right
0: before you left the business team what was like what was the picture of how it was painted like if you were to leave like it, like you would be have to get a job and life is going to suck like what was like what did you think
1: no you- see like that's why I took three months to travel to think to just get away and think to understand you know, what I'm going to do after I leave the business team. And what I realized is like, no, it's, it's not going to, yeah, it's not going to be easy, especially initially, because you now you suddenly pull away from all the relationship. I moved to California. I don't know anybody there, maybe like a few people. I have to rebuild my network, and I need to meet some people from the scratch, right? Rebuild my life from the scratch. But for me, that's just like a small challenge, a situation I have to deal with. But certainly, is not enough to, for me to, like, just to stay just because I'm afraid to do that. You know, I knew, I'm, I knew I had to rebuild my life again, which is not a big deal. Like, see, like, I came to the States when I was 16. I had to learn. I already had learned how to live on my own in a foreign country by myself since I was 16 years old. So, for me, actually, thinking about rebuilding this actually was not that big a deal. Like, oh, like, me moving to California was, like, one week. <laughs> I came back to Chicago. Within a week, I left and moved to California. And soon after that, I got to, you know—started working again, and uh, started traveling like crazy. Twice in Hawaii, Japan a couple of times, uh, went back to Paris a few times. You know, so it was like no, actually everything just works out. And like, again, like I was never afraid to work things out because, understanding if I just approach everything with the right, with a good attitude. And I know I have a st- very strong work ethic. I knew that by myself. That's, a, that's very clear to me. Like, I'm willing to work very hard. So, it was never an issue to rebuild everything from growing up. It was like mm-hmm. never a problem because it just means, you know, it's going to feel good. Maybe not everybody's
0: out. as strong as you. They think they're in it and they think, you know what? I don't know if I can do this again or. At least here, it's it's not great, but at least I have something, you know? Yeah, I guess I'm really like used being in to... in an abusive relationship. It's not great, <laughs> but, but at least I, I had somebody.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally I totally hear you. Yeah. It's not an easy decision to make for people who haven't done this before. I guess it's not as difficult for me because I've done that a couple of times. I've moved from China to being in the U.S. across the ocean yeah. when I was 16. I moved from that to go to college in Wisconsin-Madison. I never even visited a campus before. Graduate, moved to Chicago, start working there. Like Moving around certain life again is never really like a hard thing for me. Now I'm willing to talk to people and rebuild networks. It's not a big deal and I am actually kind of got really good doing that so it was not a hard decision for me. But I can see that for some people, maybe they kind of grew up in one place, lived their life in one place. That seems like a very, very scary like unknown like oh my god how do i move to a different city and start my life like how do i do that it can seem very scary if people haven't done that before but that's like more like a fear of unknown
0: you know a lot of people who walk away i you know i've heard this from some people and i've experienced it and i've noticed it in others it's like this feeling of like that they're a quitter or that they weren't good enough or that they feel shamed
1: um is that something that you experienced no like i like, I didn't leave because I couldn't build a business, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't leave because it's not like, oh, the business gets too hard or, like, I'm too weak to build a business. I left based on a very reasonable, I left based on very logical decisions. After I fully evaluated the facts and fully understand who I am and what I value, is extremely logical and thought-through decision that I made. It's not like, oh, I'm too weak to leave. I mean, I'm too weak and I couldn't build a business, so I left. That's definitely not a reason. Like I could stay and build a massive business, but no, that's not the route I wanna choose. I got
0: you.
1: So for me, it's like a very logical decision to leave actually. So
0: what advice do you give to people who are
1: still? <laughs> I, don't, I don't give advice. No. I just, like, well, I guess my thinking, my thoughts are people should be always think critically for themselves. Here's the thing. You should never give your free thinking away to somebody else. Not because, you know, because you feel really emotionally attached, because you really respect them, because you really like them, because you really, you know, admire them, or they really respect you. None of those are good enough reason for you to give away free thinking and critical thinking. When that happens, that's when you are getting to a very dangerous zone, dangerous zone, because you can't think for yourself anymore. And no matter who it is, people will always have a, their own selfish agenda. When people get advice to anybody, when anybody is getting advice to you, usually there's always a self-motivated agenda there. So you got to be able to think for yourself first. This is the most important thing. you got to be able to think for yourself. Like what's the right thing for you? And what's the best thing for you? And what brings you happiness? Again, these, you should not be looking for that answer for somebody else. Doesn't matter how authoritative they seem, how passionately they speak, how many people are like, you know, adoring this person, or how many people like are surrounding this person and want to take a picture of this person. None of those are good enough reason for you to give away critical thinking and let somebody else think for you and make decisions for you. You have to make decisions for yourself and think for yourself. I think that's a very critical path for me to become happy. And to live very independently and understanding what I need and what is good for me. The moment you give that up and hand it to somebody else, and that's the beginning of, I think, a very stressful and very problematic lifestyle. Because now, if you don't think for yourself, nobody will think really 100% for you. They can't. It's not about like they have bad intentions either. It's, they just can't do it for you. It's not possible. They don't know everything about you to help you make decisions for yourself. You have to do it for yourself. That's the biggest thing I want to say to anybody, really. If anybody asks me, that's the only thing I would tell, the tell them is always think critically for yourself.
0: I was just reading in a book, a really good book, um, called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. And he talks about how people really want to belong. It's like why we have sports teams, why we go to concerts. We want to be a part of something. We want to belong. And I think a lot of people, including myself, get in that space where just, I felt stuck because I want to belong to this community. I want to be a part of this community. And the thought of walking away is so scary, even if it feels like it's the right thing to do. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're social. I mean, humans, we're people, we're social beings. You know, we long to belong somewhere. We want to be part of a community. I mean, those are all totally make sense. You know, we want to be loved, we want to be cared for, and we want to... Give right to yeah. other people, which again is like why we were attracted to now marketing business in the first place because we saw a community that's like seems like they're very loving, they're very caring, and we can use as a platform to bring in people and help it, help them and care for them, right? Yeah, so yeah that's totally makes sense, there's nothing wrong to have that, but you need to understand what you're giving up to get this, yes. You know, you can still have all of that. And have a very reasonable community. You can create that without, like, basically giving up, like critical thinking, or giving up living the life that you want to get this. Yes, I think p- some people, yeah, I mean they, especially when they don't have the support from like their family, or from like their friends when they grown up, they probably like are very desperate for that kind of community, of kind of support. Yeah, for them, then yeah, some people might do anything, everything, yeah. just to get that.
0: They're willing to pretend and fake it just because they want it.
1: And but then the danger that is they need to realize, if you're depending on that to feed you, to find happiness, then I don't think that's going to be leads to truly happiness, no. because you're depending on something else outside to bring you happiness is not from inward. Yeah.
0: It's, a, it's an exchange. It's like, okay, you want, you want your happiness fine. You want to feel like that sense of belonging, you want access to my community fine well. And you better create your volume and you better do some work otherwise you can't be here that's the mentality and that's where people can be controlled i have what you want you better do what i want if you want it
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: and that's where i was stuck i wanted that community because it was what gave me my safety that's friendships the belonging the feeling superior because I got to say I was an entrepreneur, (laughs) you know, uh, Uh, the skills, the opportunity to speak in front of people, being a big pin, I got to feel like I was a big deal. But in order to do that, I had to, you know, attend the events and I had to spend money on the different tools and go to the conferences. And I had to pretend that this is what I wanted to do when for the last few years, I really didn't. So mm -hmm. it's, I think people get stuck. And even though they, they may agree with you, although they may not may not be for the international student, you know, issue, like you said. There's other things that they might see that they don't agree with or that they, their passion isn't for it, but they're too afraid to step away.
1: Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy to give up something that, you know, you really, really desire, right? Yeah. Um, but that's why I suggest that, you know, people need to understand how to look for their own happiness inside. Yep. Because it doesn't matter what it is either community or money or power or the sense of like feeling like a celebrity that people like you know you get all the attention like all the people on social media right they're so drawn to like how many likes they get how many followers they get it's the same thing is that you are basically putting the most important thing you are basically depending that on something that's like coming from the outside that's temporary and that's not really deep rooted into like what you really value who you are mm-hmm. I think finding the happiness and really putting that anchoring on something that's internal you know that you don't have to like seek it outside that's like a long journey to discover that I think finding that I think that has more value than anything else because you realize like all the other things just like you know like temporary things a facade is never really about truly happiness you know maybe being with like your loved ones and just caring for them or like you know for me it's like you know spend a lot of time to just basically immerse myself in different culture around different people and spend a lot of time with family you know for me that's like so much happiness there like me spending my time with my grandparents in the Netherlands for the almost like you know half the summer there was like just pure happiness like I, I realized you know in that summer when I was traveling Europe I realized that you know I didn't spend that much time with my grandparents for the past 10 years because again I was so busy you know in the name of building my business I neglected a lot of uh, in those family time that I cannot get back but I'm so grateful and I feel very fortunate that it was not too late for me to make the decision you know I spent two summers basically with my grandparents you know like one summer and one like you know I think spring you know when went visiting them again in China and spent like another week and a half with them like you know, taking a walk with my grandpa who has uh, Alzheimer' and just like you know seeing him and actually being around him for you know x of days, there was like those stuff you there's nothing even come close yeah to the happiness it brings me, but it took me a long time to discover like what's truly important, and that kind of stuff that cannot be delayed, so people need to find out that for themselves. what is those things is for them is truly important and bring an enormous amount of happiness and usually they've got nothing to do with anything else it's the very basic simple things
0: yeah i can say in my few months since i've taken a step away from network marketing i have never been happier i've never loved myself more love my life been prouder than myself doing more things that i enjoy i'm truly living my dream life and it's just and i was so afraid to walk away i was so afraid to accept (laughs) the fact that I was stuck because I wanted the sense of belonging that when I finally did it and stepped away, I'm just, I've never been happier. And I have created this amazing life. So my words is anybody who's afraid of that, who's stuck like I was, is happiness is right around the corner. Don't let somebody hold it hostage for you, you know? And that's that's what I was doing because I always built my business from a position of weakness. Where I was unhappy, and I wanted the business to make me happy. But then they said, "Well, no, you don't get to be happy until you go make a lot of money." And I never did because I was lazy, <laughs> so I was stuck. And uh, I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Dude, self self reflection is one of the most amazing thing. Yeah. Like that time that you take for yourself just to think and reflect, definitely meditation. Yeah. All those things helps to really like understand yourself more. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's a, a very important key that I found for myself to, you know, live a life that brings a lot of happiness and fulfillment, yeah.
0: Yeah, in 2017, I got cancer, and I uh, could have died from it. I could have had chemo or whatever. And Yeah, I remember that. I just remember when that happened, when the doctor called me to tell me I was just in
1: shock. Yeah, on your boss, right? Um, what? <laughs> I'm just like says oh, you. Testic, <laughs> testicular cancer yes, just uh, teasing you bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, real men only have one ball, if you want um, one real one at least, um, and uh, I just remember thinking I, if I were to die today, I would not die happy because I have not built a life that I love and I don't love myself or any of that at that moment. And I've just made this shift, and I just slowly kept putting business back further and further on my party list because it wasn't making me happy and I said self-care and loving myself has to be my highest priority and I realized in that environment that's not what they're about and doing what I'm doing which is making my happiness number one means that I'm just you know I was pushed to the side I was just like some guy who was still there that everybody liked but wasn't doing anything so nobody really talked to and it was just it got weirder and weirder because nobody knew what I was doing and then I just said, I don't care. I'm going to keep living my life. Although I was too afraid to walk away, I moved to Denver, got my dream remote job, and now I'm living a nomad life, traveling the world, running a podcast, building a school in
1: Guatemala, uh, doing all the things that I love to do. Dude, I'm really, uh, really excited for your um, nonprofit work to build a school in Guatemala. I think that's very amazing. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually always
1: thought about this. Is actually, one of my dreams, well, too is to actually build a school in China to start with and build a school in other places.
0: Well, the charity and that I do it through, Build On, they yeah. only do it in the poorest countries. Yeah, so I the, only, the only one in Asia that they work with is Nepal. I'm
1: really happy you're doing
0: that, man. Thank you. Thank are, you. You're It's interesting. No, none of our former mentors gave, have given me any money. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like there's this mentality that they, I, I don't know if they would, <laughs> because it's not money towards what they're creating. <laughs> And it's very sad because it's a noble cause.
1: Um, look! Look at the stars, man. It's fucking amazing. Unbelievable.
0: The, the moon is like quarter crescent. I was saying earlier, and yet it's like a full moon because it's so bright. I can't. Well, I, I bet a full moon here. We're gonna. Be, it's gonna be like daytime.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like with no pollution, with no lights. Yeah. This is like. Such amazing, isn't discussion. it an amazing?
0: So I, living life without feeling like you have to ask permission. I like, I remember so often thinking <laughs> I had to ask permission to move to Denver, or when I went to the Amazon to do ayahuasca treats, I felt like I was going against because I didn't ask permission. I just did it. And oh like, yeah, Or oh. so oh, imagine now. going to Hawaii before you're diamond. <laughs> yeah. Or even now, I know so many people in the business team uh, who have to feel. It seems like they feel they have to take, they have to ask permission to take go on a trip, or I don't know. It's just. It seems so weird. I just I yeah. love that I can just live a life that I love, and I'm so happy on this other side. And I felt, oh my gosh, I'm so irresponsible now, and I'm a I'm a quitter. And then I just stepped back and said, if something is not vibing with me, stepping away from it mm-hmm. is like the right thing to do. Yeah, like being in a relationship and I'm holding on to it yeah. just because I don't want to be alone. That was what it was like for yeah. me. I was holding on to a relationship yeah. that was already over, that they didn't care for me
1: anymore. <laughs> like I think. uh I mean, trusting your gut feeling and do what, what feels right in your gut is a very, it's pretty much a very true statement. Yeah. You know, from the book that we both read, right, uh, Blink. Yeah. By Malcolm Gladwell. It's basically what it's saying is that, you know, what you consider as like a gut feeling is not like some random thing that you felt. It's actually by, you know, your subconscious running through enormous amount of your past experience and data that you collected, but you're not really processed through your conscious mind to basically give you the signal to let you know that like this is probably the right decision to make based on a, a ton of data not just some random decision yeah so the gut feeling is actually not like a random thing that you felt It's actually a quite in a lot of scenarios it's actually quite logical decision to make because just because our conscious mind don't understand subconsciously it a process through a lot of experiencing and experience i mean uh, data and experience to come to that conclusion yeah. So trusting your gut and do what you feel really right, a lot of times turn out to be the right decision. Yeah. So
0: for me, the final straw really was when I saw you walk away. Because obviously we've been good friends and I've respected you for a long 14 time. 14 years, bro. Yeah.
1: 14 years in counting.
0: <laughs> and um, obviously I was sad to see you go and I didn't understand why because we didn't chat about it. Um, and... But what I did see is how it was handled. And just like with Elliot and with everybody else, you know, for you obviously it's not about the work. I know you've been working your guts out, so as I know there's something else there. Um so that normal oh he just left because he's you know, with a lot of people, oh, they're just too lazy, you know. You know, so they gave up their quitter. But it's like that don't think that's for you. <laughs> I've seen I don't think hard... that applies
1: to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's that that, that that typical mentality doesn't fit there. And it wasn't like something mental, because it was like, Hugh's, <laughs> doing, Hugh's in the right space here. Uh
1: um, were mental and left. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: just, I think uh, that because they knew that they couldn't question your credibility. They just nobody talked about it and they didn't know how to do so. They just didn't do anything. Um, and I remember if anybody ever brought up your name, it would be weird. Like some people would still say like meant like sponsored by Hugh Zhang or something or part of the Zhang team and like nobody would they didn't know what to do they're just you know like
1: it's like a cringing across the room
0: i'm sure <laughs> like uh, i even remember one of my business partners was trying to get a hotel room for a conference and he called up one of our business mentors to ask about it um and he was talking about how he wants to learn to be a you know to be a scrum master like you know you're training people to do it right and he mentioned to this person that that he's working with you yeah and Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the mentor, the business mentor, just couldn't believe it. Like hearing your name was like what? <laughs> like that's like like the thought of working with you is like that he's out of the system. Why would you work with him? Isn't that like interesting?
1: Like, you know, like oh, we are creating like this business more than just a business. It's like a family, it's a community that we support each other. But as soon as you leave,
0: you're not in the family. We you're don't done. support you
1: we don't know yeah. you anymore you know and then
0: we last year we had a leadership out in california and i was already like kind of on the outs i was you know everyone's supposed to be very clean shaven and i was purposely growing out a really big beard because <laughs> i was just like i don't want to follow these rules uh, and i think that's the moment after that after that last year like a
1: big beard like samir kind of beer maybe not that big <laughs> that's a big one
0: um, but i had a pretty sizable like n- unshaven beard and they saw it and um, cuz I was in New York there in the Midwest so they didn't uh, they didn't see it in person and it was funny before that I was speaking at events yeah. after that they never had me speak at another event it was almost because of your beer I I mean I don't know but it was ah. after that somebody said to somebody hey we can't have Paul speaking anymore <laughs> because they never had me speak at anything anymore just suddenly I was off the schedule somehow mm. um anyway i you no longer like talk
1: about the same narrative
0: because obviously they knew I was no longer where they wanted me to be uh, in their mind
1: you're I, free radical yeah
0: and I, you're like every this, time uh, I
1: spoke this random guy
0: every time I spoke even though I maybe I couldn't add a lot of value in terms of how to build the business I added so much value in terms of how to live life better I remember the week before I had my surgery to for my cancer mm-hmm. I still drove into New York City to give my speech to at, at a business event and I was in such pain that I had to sit down because it was really painful. And I still freaking did it and added so much value. And then the next time I spoke, I talked about it. And I was, in none of this time was I really booing much for my business. And I, I mean, anybody in the New York City business team, even though I know they're not really uh, supposed to talk to me anymore, if they saw me, all they would feel is love because I just gave so much, even though those last few years I did almost nothing in business, every time I spoke, I would give so much value. I would talk about like how I started running a mile every day for a year and ran my first marathon mm-hmm. like I was taking care of my health. Everybody loved it. They're getting so much value. But then, of course, I'm not really building my business. So nobody really knew what to do with me or how to handle me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever I'm in New York, nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. And when, what down with you really bothered me? And I told a lot of people this really bothers me, he, you know, because on that last day of that uh, California trip, I said I'm going to go visit Hugh and I said it to my business mentors and they were so surprised that I was going to go see you and I'm like, he lives a few minutes away. (laughs) Like 15
1: minutes away from the beach. I was was surprised (laughs)
0: that they wouldn't go see you because if I were them, if you, if someone like you were to leave such a pillar in the organization that, you know, your business team, you know, and the whole organization, you know, in terms of sales, you could have half of it, you know, a good percentage, 30, 40% at least. I'd want to know I would be fighting to keep you. I would be there saying Hugh. What can I do differently? Like that call when they said, okay, Hugh, if you want to walk away, go ahead. I would have been like, Hugh, what can we do differently? How can I fix this? Because I want you to stay, you know? And if it couldn't get you to stay, okay, I want to learn everything about why you're leaving, so I don't Mm -hmm. have to do this again. But I realized they learned nothing, they didn't care, they didn't fight to keep you, nobody cared. And it really bothered me. And I kept saying I have to talk to them. And then I realized, I I kept getting so nervous about bringing it up, and then I realized, there's no point in bringing it up they're yeah. just going to handle me they're going to use some nice people skills and nothing's going to change yeah. nothing's going to be done mm-hmm. and then i realized if this is how they're going to treat you a guy who's actually doing the work unlike me then when i if i were to leave nobody would care and that's exactly it i left nobody really cared and i was really just handled the only reason that i got any reach out was because i didn't leave the whatsapp groups um for some of the inner circle and i was indirectly asked um by someone to to leave because i haven't done the been doing the work it doesn't matter that i you know launched our network marketing company in in the caribbean you know helped hundreds and hundreds of people changed their life did something that no no one else did what i did and i just did it all from pure heart for wanting to help people Um, but to them it was inconvenience because going to going to the caribbean you know did that having a business there doesn't make them much money it just sounds cool and uh, I realized that it did not matter how great I am, how much of a good person I am. If, if I'm not performing, then why am I here? And I'm just, I'm a loose cannon. And so they indirectly asked me to leave and then I didn't. So a couple of weeks later, <laughs> I got a hot call. I got a reach out from a, a higher business mentor who said, hey, are you gonna start building your business? Otherwise, leave the group. And um, I just didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to be handled. So I said, okay, and I just left all the groups. And I even called back as I was like, okay, and you know, and this person said, Hey, you know, I'd love to hang out with you sometime and you know, there was no callback. They've never reached out to me since. They don't I'm sure I haven't even crossed their mind. And it's just it's very sad because I thought we were a family and I thought they cared for me and I realized it's all words. I, I it's I'm worth as much as I've d- they I've done for them. And it's and not overall, it's not what have I done for them in ten years, it's what mm-hmm. have I done for them lately. If I'm not somebody that they can promote to their newest person mm-hmm. about, hey, duplicate exactly what this person's doing now then that i have no value to them yeah it's nothing hey you know paul you know he's focused on other things now and in his heyday he was really crushing this business and he's got some real words mm-hmm. of wisdom like you could still learn from him nope like that's what bothered me is i have so much value like i know so much about life that i have learned mm-hmm. that a lot of them have not experienced because they have not made the time to experience those things mm-hmm. and i could add so much value and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that i can teach people how, you know, how to build discipline in the life for those who don't have discipline or how to get in shape for those who are in bad shape or mm-hmm. how to work on your mental health and stop doubting yourself. Like mm-hmm. so many things that I've worked through, going to Peru twice by myself to the Amazon jungle and doing ayahuasca retreats and learning, running a mile every day for a year, running two marathons, moving out of my parents' house, getting my dream job, mm-hmm. learning, you know, getting down to debt, like so many things I could teach people about. Mm-hmm. but it's like, we don't care if you could teach people how to cure cancer how to save the world how to build a school in guatemala if it doesn't if it's not showing people here's how to make business your number one priority then we can't promote you and that's just very sad and that showed me that they don't really care for me and so i was very nervous to, to talk about these things on this podcast with you and obviously mm-hmm. we, we recorded this before and i was too emotional about it
1: <laughs> so we
0: had to do it again yeah and now i've just
1: come to a place to realize that it is what it is mm-hmm. and no. I understand you feeling emotional about this, Paul, because if I go back a year ago, I would be pretty emotional, actually. Um, because it is an emotional process. I mean, there's no way around this because we're leaving something that we we'll put our heart into for over a decade. Yeah. If you're right now adding all logical, like how I sum sometimes right now, I'll be really like weird out. like, why are you so logical? You just left this thing that you built yeah. for freaking 13 years that yeah. you pour so much heart into that you like, I mean, especially, I mean, when I think about that, I just think about Jamaica yeah. and the people that you serve, flying down, handing out hundreds yeah. of books, you know, on your own dime. Like, yeah. I, I doubt you make any money there. You really just kind of give out money there. No. Um, no, I, I, totally I, the you, I totally understand you being emotional, Paul, because it's no way not being emotional because you have given a lot, you know, to the business and to the people. And like, even maybe some people don't get that, but I think a lot of people understand, who know you, understand how much you have given to them as a person. Yeah. You know, business aside, let's not talk about business. Just like as a person, how much you supported people. I mean, there's always been who you are. Like you are the person that I know that I can count on to, just love and help people, no matter who that person is, whether that person's in your business or not, or has any really like effect on your business. I can always count on you to be like, hey, yeah. anything I can help. Hey, anything that I can do for you.
0: And the issue like, is... Like, I can
1: always go to you for that because I know that's like, your heart is very pure in that sense. And that is kind of an issue as I think the business start pivoting to like, oh, let's only bring in people that's all figured out, quote-unquote, in life. Yeah, they're they are got, jo- they got They got good jobs, good income, likely already have a family and kids, no like no guessing game they're like you know top of the food chain let's bring those people so like okay your story of like you know coming from like a lot of uh, broken places like learning how to put yourself together like oh there's no really use for that
0: yeah we don't care i can (laughs) see how
1: that like plays out but no i i get it i totally get it and i can understand why you're emotional about this and you are it's okay to lay it out you know i mean it's um, I am. a lot of years that you so into people. I just wanted to be led by people who cared as much as
0: I do, and who didn't say that they cared, and then it turns out they really don't. And it's just—it's a hard reality to realize. Wow, I've just—I care for these people so much, and they just don't care for me, and it's—it's uh, it's all fake, because none of them have called me. All these people that I think that I still consider my friends, and realize that none of them have called me, none of them have reached out. None of them said, "How are you doing?" Hey, are you okay? Hey, what's been going on with you? And uh, it's just very sad and very disappointing. And it's just—it's a, a reality check to just say, "Hey, you know, I get it." It's a there's a lot of fakeness going on, and and it is what it is. And it's—I know who my real friends are. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I think a lot of them just like oh, they also don't know how to, kind of like how we were when Elliot left the business. We don't really know how to deal with it, as well, too. Yeah. You know, I mean. Because again, it's not like individuals that chose to be this way. I think a lot of it is just like it's pretty deep in the in the roots. Yeah. It's in the culture that's exactly. been there for many you. many years. I don't years. blame any one person. Yeah. It's
0: it's a cultural thing, and people mm-hmm. step into that culture. It's hard to shift a culture, and so it's either accept how the culture is or get out. And some people are so far in that they just have to accept it. And like you said, they compromise their morals because they want the money, they want the the significance, they want the financial independence and they want to be a celebrity yeah they get to be an underground celebrity they definitely get that <laughs> and then they're willing to sweep stuff under the rug and uh hope that nobody does what we're doing right now so that's that's my last question for you because I feel like we're wrapping things up yeah we should um, go to bed <laughs> soon
1: after we look at the start a little bit more
0: how do you think this is going to be handled when we put this out what's your prediction
1: uh I don't really have any real prediction. I think people are gonna, you know, act the way that whatever helped them the most. I think. I mean, I can see them like not do anything really. Um, yeah. Because like, there's two people that really left the business. You know, whatever they yeah. say doesn't really matter. That's kind of usually how it would go, I think. But then I think for some people, I, I think well, what, what I really care about Paul, and this is really the the biggest reason that I actually want to record something like this is that I'm not okay with keeping the secret of how international students are okay to build a business. Yeah. That's just not right. It's not a fact. It's not true. The only thing I really care about that I want to get out for the podcast is just that if you're an international student, understand that from a legal perspective, you are in a very risky position. Like The only thing you should really listen to is an immigration lawyer. Nobody have nobody are in the position to tell you like, oh, you know, it's a gray area, you can do this and not do this. The only person that can qualified to actually make any comment on this one is immigration lawyers. That's why like, after I collected from three separate scenarios now, from three separate immigration lawyers in three separate cases, all very straight out answers like, no, this is not okay for an international student to engage in. Like that's for me, that's really the really real, the biggest reason to put this out, number one, the second thing is, if I like want to say anything to anybody who like asks me for any advice, it's just like think for yourself, really. Yeah. Just think for yourself. That's it. Just don't give your critical thinking away. That's the most important thing. No matter how much you want to give that away, sometimes, because it's our human nature, I think, that to look for that authoritative figure to yeah. tell you how to live, especially when you're young, right? You want to be led. I think, like, I was listening to a lot of uh, Jordan Peterson. Uh, he's a professor, I think, University of California. I mean, sorry, University of Canada, uh, University of uh, Toronto, I think. And he talks about a lot about like people had this like tendency to look for a authoritative figure to tell them to give them answers. It's like a human tendency there. But then, that's just not a way to really get to answer for yourself. You have to find answer for yourself. And I think besides the other one, this is like the really only thing that out to anybody, you know, it's just like you got to learn to think for yourself because you are the only person that would be able to know yourself the most and understand what brings you happiness. And that's really the only thing that really matters, whether you build you know, a marketing business or any other business or have a YouTube channel or like, you know, dabble anything you want to do. Like the real question is like, is that getting you closer to truly happy? And that's the only like, for me, there's only the variables that I care about the most. Yeah. You know, what do I do with my time with family or traveling or working or, you know, taking on photography, doing yoga, like everything I do now is basically, basically surrounding about those. It's like, is that maximizing my ability to feel happiness and feel alive and in the process maybe help some people and you know, maybe add some value here and there. Like I don't have to be helping like 10,000 people at a conference. That's not a goal actually. You know, I just need to be the best version of me and find happiness for myself. If I can help one person, I felt very grateful. I felt mm-hmm. very lucky and privileged if I can help one person. It'll That's come enough. From a
0: place of genuineness.
1: And being real, yes. Yeah. Being genuine is a very key thing for me now. It's being as real as I can.
0: What's that harmony quote you keep saying to me?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's actually another thing, actually, that we didn't mention. I heard this uh, saying oh, you know what? It's actually from uh, Jordan Peterson He said um, Genuine conflict Brings a lot more Brings a lot of social value And interpersonal value Than fake harmony And that's like a big thing I saw, you know, when we're back in business It's like everything surrounding around Creating this like fake harmony You know, it's like it doesn't matter like what you think But if it's not contributing to this like centralized narrative That we have in our business, don't say it you know, I don't talk about privately. Yeah,
0: I right? can't talk about how much money you were making. You, you actually made. Oh, can't talk about the person who, who
1: left. You know, if you, you know. show any events, you have to put on a happy face. You can't have talk to... talk negative about your upline. You, have to, you, know? be, you have to be happy all the time. You have to be always positive. Yeah. Build you know, up you, you have to be always be, like, the positive energy. Like, how dare you come into our oh, event and be negative. Yeah. You know, the fake harmony is actually very dangerous. Yeah. Genuine conflicts, actually, I, I actually agree with that for sure, that I... If I have a conflict with you, Paul, I'll bring it up to your face, and I'll tell you. I have a conversation with you. I wouldn't pretend that it doesn't exist, and create a fake harmony around it, because it's just not genuine. It doesn't really solve any problems. Yeah. So yeah, if I think for people who, you know, who see something that's like really off, that's just really funny, you know, call it out. Call it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's like one thing I think you and I both, if we look back, one thing that we could done, we could have done that we didn't do was back in the days when we see all those weird stuff that went down, we should have just call it out.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we also bought into this like, oh yeah, let's value fake harmony. Let's value unity
0: yeah.
1: you know, in the name oh, of these unity. People,
0: these people know better, so i just trust what yeah, they Let's doing.
1: trust these authoritative figures, and let's just you know, focus only on unity. All the weird stuff that we saw, all the funny things we see went down, let's not bring it up. Yeah. Let's maintain unity, and let's not create any conflicts. And that's like one of the probably the biggest mistake that we made. And one of the biggest thing that I would change if I can go back is call out all the things I see that's just so weird and it's like just so out of place. You know, if something happens right now, I'll call it out right away. If it's not okay, I'll say something about it. And that's it. I feel like I said what I needed to say.
0: Alright, peace out. Ciao.